listening to Ray Ray's podcast straight from Gem Studios. Oh, what's up, everybody? Yo, we back at it again. Right foot up, left foot slide, tussy slide in this bad boy. We're back here at Gem Studios. It's your boy Ray and uh, Ray and Amanda Ray. Yeah, Amanda, she's back. She's back. She's back. She, you know, she has a thing she had to take care of the last couple of weeks, but you know, <laughs> she's back in her spot. You know, mm-hmm. seeing her little comfy position on her Claiming couch. Claiming my seat. She's like, I'm came back for the throne right now. Y'all, uh-uh, y'all ain't gonna replace me. Like, none of that, none of that, none of that, none of that. So she's back. So much love, uh, love having her here on the show. Shout out to Holly Day. She filled in last week for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's getting ready to get, you know, get about the quarantine stuff. So get oh, back to yeah. normal, normalism again. Uh, shout out Carissa Valdez. Uh, she's out. Oh, shout out to her boyfriend. Today's her boyfriend's birthday. So. Oh. Happy birthday, happy boyfriend. Happy birthday, Edgar. Yeah, happy birthday to you. Um, thank you for all the listeners and all the support we're getting, man. It's just... All over the country. All over the country. Like, all, a lot of the world. All over the yeah. world. Kuwait, Canada, um, a bunch of spots. UK. UK. Uh, we've also been having people like email us about like, hey, can y'all mention this on y'all show? Like, hey, here's a story. Like, how can y'all do something about this? So it's actually been really like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like surprising. We need to add that. Yeah. Add a little segment. So we do, yeah, we do appreciate everybody that's uh, been sending us uh, messages or whatnot. But like I say, every show, and I'm going to say this every show, please go and let the stream services know. Subscribe, like, comment, please, please go right tell, now. Yeah. Tell your mama, tell your pastor, tell your tell your barber. I don't you know, know about masseuse. pastors. We're getting a little explicit up in here. Sometimes <laughs> he, can, he can forgive us for our sins right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God! We, we need to get a pastor in here. I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I am so down for that. I I'm, have a friend who's a minister. I'm going to, you know what? We don't add her to Set it up. 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 So today, I think it's going to be an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. Super, super excited. Um, uh, the guy that's coming on today, he's really actually one of my really good friends. Uh, he's like a brother. Um, I'm really, really so happy he decided to come on, you know, show your boys and gal some mm-hmm. love today on Ray Ray's podcast. You may know him as Ryan Steele, a.k.a. the VR Trooper. You may know him as the Gold Power Ranger. You may know him as the lead singer of Awesome Sauce, which is one of my coolest <laughs> cover bands I love to go out there and just get drunk and dance like a white boy, too. But <laughs> y'all, do me a big favor and show some love. For the one, the only, Mr. Brad Hawkins. What's up, what's up, what's up? Ooh. All good. I'm, I'm glad to be on the audio. Thank you, thank you. No, 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 thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. I didn't see all those people when I walked in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They be, they be hiding somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like cockroaches. When the lights come on, you know, they stay. <laughs> Man, love it. Glad to be on the on the show. Thanks for the invitation, man. Man, Excited really do appreciate here. you coming out uh, yeah, during these times, for man. Sure. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's tough right now. It's tough right now, all over, and uh, everybody's going through their version of it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. so um, it's good to finally be out creative doing this with you guys today. So I've been in my house, you know, chilling and getting back into the swing of things. A couple of my restaurants are now open again. So oh, nice. uh, yeah, I had a chance to really you know get that that blood flowing back in the restaurants and. See people coming out and enjoying themselves, and man, people want to live. People want to get out and and uh, feel normal again. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's good. I'm I'm glad to glad to see everybody. You know, starting to kind of creep out of the house a little bit and start to mm-hmm. enjoy start life again. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of that, just real quick, the those restaurants. Go ahead. And, uh, what are the names of those restaurants? Yeah. Um. So I mean, I've been I got into acting and music over the last 25 years, but. Another form of creativity for me was when I got back to Dallas, I moved back in 2006 from Los Angeles and kind of wanted to reinvent myself and just Mm kind of, you know, find out what the next thing, the next challenge was going to be for me. And uh, I went to the Ghost Bar, uh, which was at the W Hotel. I think that was in 2006 when I went to move back. Mm-hmm. Had my uh, welcome home party, had all my friends come out. We did a big celebration and shit. I went the next night. I was like, we were doing bottles on the first night and then friends were like, oh, well, let's go back. So I, I ended up going back the next night and the people that ran the place were like, man, this, this fool keeps coming in every night and bringing people <laughs> and they keep popping bottles. And so everybody was giving me business cards, you know, everybody that was there was being overly friendly. It was their brand new nightclub at the top of the W Hotel. And uh, I ended up with a pocket full of business cards at the end of, you know, the, the, that weekend. 
And uh, while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to get into. My dad was a contractor, so I was thinking maybe we were going to flip houses. That was big right at that, that time. Um, and, you know, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I didn't want to start from scratch with something that, that, that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And uh, got a couple of weeks into it. Money started getting tight. And I was just like, man, I guess I'm going to need a job. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so, um, so yeah, looked at all those business cards sitting on the counter and I was like, man, maybe they're looking for somebody, you know, I enjoyed my experience when I was up there. Maybe they're looking for somebody to, to, to help them out. And uh, I called, got an interview and those guys, you know, they put me under their wing and took me into the interviews with the big guys and all the suits and the owners and stuff like that. And, you know, I was about to walk in for the interview and they're like, look, man, it's for the VIP host position. You're going to run all the bottle service up here. And it's between you and the other guy, you know, one other guy. And uh, he's like, you okay, man? He's like, there's about 15 people in that room. I go, you telling me you want me to walk into a room full of strangers and me be the only person on the other side? I go, I've been doing that for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at auditions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, went in there and uh, they just fired questions at me right and left. And next thing they said is, how soon can you start? And I was already in a black suit. And I said, I'm dressed and ready to go right now. So wow. they were like, all right, on the cool, spot. that's our guy. He said, that's our guy. On yeah. the spot. So on for the spot. The kiddos out there, if, if you're kind of young, if you're if you're under the age of thirty, <laughs> if you don't know, Ghost Bar was probably the most popular bar at one point in Dallas. Arguably, like, yes, arguably absolutely, the biggest bar out here. I mean, you had guys like you know at the time Justin Timberlake. Oh yeah, mm. you know all guys like that. That that caliber of people. Oh, were at it was Ghost bar. one night. I mean, after an AAC show, and I'm sorry, I'll get back to your answer because I'm going the long route. But I know we got. We got, we got, we got I was like, I'm for that. We got, we got, I know, we got and, time. And I know I got to get to there, man. I'm an actor. I'm gonna take you on this voyage. I got. Okay. I know where I need to land. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> um, how much time we got to eat up? How much? I want to make sure. Give you plenty of content. <laughs> So, um, uh, let's see, but I mean, you know, after an AAC show, like when it became real for me, how big that place was behind the VIP curtain, you walk out there and it's, it's Missy Elliott and Timbaland and, uh, Usher and Justin Timberlake all at one table. Wow. And I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm looking at all this talent and all these people just came over and I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, how much did we pay in taxes last year? <laughs> like, like what did what do those four people talk about at one table you know i'd love to sit but, at that table yeah right so uh but yeah i mean <clears throat> everyone from lmfao we had uh dj am when he was alive um uh paris hilton i mean oh, wow. every all dallas cowboys the legends came upstairs we did a big party for them um it uh paul oakenfold i mean we had we had everybody up there it was the place to be in nightclubs mm-hmm. and bottle service had just got started in dallas yeah, yeah, and yeah. so if you if you if you were out and you wanted to be in the spot where anybody could walk in the door that was that was the spot so segue <laughs> so i was in nightclubs for a while i bounced around uh to plush started up there um helped them out with their bottle service over there went over to um club eight um helped those guys out for a little while and then transitioned into uh restaurants because i just i got tired of just getting people drunk all the time yeah. i was yeah. like it, yeah. thursday friday saturday just you know banging it out and drinking as much as everybody else so that kind of made it you know took <laughs> yeah. its toll on me and uh, and I wanted something to keep that creativity going, so I got involved with a, a company called Fuzzy, which is on yeah. uh, McKinney Avenue, and we blew that up. I mean, we were, I mean, doing retarded numbers out of I that little that. tiny, oh, yeah. Yeah, little tiny pizza spot. place, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it turned into a nightclub on McKinney, like after uh, was ten. It? Phil, 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 Phil. say yeah, Phil. So me, yeah. Phil Shambaum, Brandon yeah. Hayes, Skinny, uh, James Hamus, all four of us. It yeah. was we. Had, it's the first time that anybody took the top nightclub promoters mm. and put them, put that engine into a restaurant. Yeah. So we did, you know, we were a restaurant from lunch, happy hour, dinner, but after 10 o'clock, it just went, it went off and we turned into a, you know, yeah. a club yeah. Yeah. and it was every night of the week it was packed. And uh, so, you know, we opened up Las Colinas and then I branched out on my own and had my own money guys. And I opened up a place called Chop Shop, which is a sports bar in uh, Carrollton. Yep. And then I went up to the colony and I got Shakerton's, which is a craft cocktail bar. It's been there four years. And then uh, opened up Sushi Marquis over at the Star mm-hmm. in Frisco. 
So we got a sushi restaurant right there and just we were put our flag in the ground at the star mm-hmm. when it first opened up and it's on two years now. And uh, nice. I just opened up Shakerton's Allen, which is uh, Ray's been out there several times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. A continuation, but more of a sports bar of the same you know concept. So um, yeah, sitting on four now and uh, we just built number five. So wow. uh, during the during the COVID downtime, I was like, I can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we built another one in the meantime. Hey, 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 hey. What yeah. kind of um, <laughs> like challenges did you face like making that transition from like acting entertainment industry to this business industry of of nightlife and restaurants? Well, and it's it's like I've always I mean, I've always got a thing for acting. I love acting. I love the passion. I mean, I love the 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 craft. And, uh, um, and I put a lot of time into that, 20 plus years into that, um, studying in LA and doing television and film and commercials. And, uh, and, I, and I wanted to keep it going, but when I moved back to Dallas, it's kind of, if you're an actor, you're in LA. If you're a yeah. model, you're in New York, you know? Yeah. Um, and so whenever I left LA, I kind of left those opportunities. There's more opportunities for an actor in LA. Mm-hmm. Coming to Dallas, there's people filming here. You can go film. It's a right to work state. Um, you can go to Georgia, New Mexico, you know, Louisiana, and there's productions in Dallas, but not as many. Right. You know, I mean, they're still looking for local actors, but they more often than not, when I'm up against a guy from LA, the guy from LA gets it. Yeah. So it's, you know, I just knew that I was up against that. So I wasn't going to have the opportunity to scratch that itch as much as I wanted right. to. And, uh, but what I noticed was, and it, someone had to ask me that same question, which was such a great question is restaurants and bars became that creative out output, you know, mm-hmm. outlet for me. So you're sitting down, you know, drunk, putting pen to pad and actually designing a restaurant or a bar mm-hmm. or the way that the, the menu is going to be presented, the menu, uh, the way it's going to be printed, the way the food is coming out, working with the kitchen staff training. It's yeah. like for me, that was just another form of creativity. Right. right. And so for me, I got to build something. And I'm, I'm my dad, <clears throat> like I said, was a contractor. So I jump in and I'm all in on all of my projects. You'll, I mean, I'm power tools and nail guns and scaffolds. And I mean, I like to get into right. it. Right. And then when the place is built, when you walk people around <clears throat> or you can look around the room and you're like, I did that. Yeah. My fingerprints there. I did that. <laughs> I remember that problem Take when pride. the place flooded and we had to fix that. It's like it becomes your a baby. Part, it yeah. is my baby. You know, so it's something you build. It's something you bring into the world. And then when people come out and experience it and appreciate it, man, it's the most gratifying thing. You know, it's just like being an actor on stage mm-hmm. and that applause at the very end right. when people come out and they and they patronize your place and they come out and they spend money and bring their families and they have a good time. That for me is that standing ovation nice. that they appreciate because they could take their money anywhere. You know, when they come and spend it with us and enjoy the experience, that. That's the ovation for me. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. That's, that's, that's what was your nice. first acting gig? Let's take us back. Oh, wow. Um, well, acting gig. We could go all the way back to Kim Dawson oh, wow. when I was here. And I had a perm. So that was something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I pulled out some. I just moved recently, and I went through boxes that I haven't seen in a long time. And sure enough, some old headshots. It was like I had that Bill Cosby sweater <laughs> nice. and that perm going on. I was like, who let you do that? Minus the pills, right? Minus, minus the pills. Oh, man. We ain't got to go there. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I remembered that photo shoot. Don't worry about it. No. But no, it was, uh, yeah, it's just like, man, I must have had any friends during that time because no one should have let me do that. But uh, <laughs> but no, I'm like some, some you know, just really low budget BS. Oh, how about Walker, Texas Ranger? I was nice. in, uh, an extra in Walker, Texas Ranger. I ended up getting a lead part on it or I, um, uh, for uh, two episodes down the line. But I started out as an extra and we were at Billy Bob's and filming um, um, like a rodeo scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the guys you know and you can't clap you know it's an extra you can't make no noise so right now i'm clapping the microphone can't tell but that's that's me in the in the stands wow. and i don't know how it happened man and no one knows this right i'm in the stands and we're there for like three days and somehow i got pink eye oh and i've God. had pink eye i think twice in my life and the one time i got it was on that while i'm oh i'm, I'm make-believe clapping and, and i can't see anything and i'm just like i felt like ray charles i was like <laughs> i always like watching the i always like watching the those extras at like a restaurant scene oh like yeah the, like the, ain't like nobody the people, saying anything like in the background you, you know they're not oh, really yeah. saying anything yeah but i like the ones that like get all into it and they're oh, like yeah. oh yeah and it, and it, yeah 
<laughs> You're like making the facial expressions and yeah. everything. I always laugh. Yeah. I know they're not really saying anything. Because that's their moment. Yeah. <laughs> what surprises me is that they make pretty good money, though, like being extras, too. I have a brother-in-law. It's like 100 bucks a day, or it used yeah. to be. It might be 150 or whatever it is now. But, mm. man, and that's a grind. There's mm. people, and especially in L.A., there's a, a like a crew of actors that that's what they do. That's yeah. their daytime, like not even nine to five. I'm talking six to six, you know, 150 bucks. And they'll sit off to the corner and read a book. All right, all extras to the set. And they show yeah. up and they go through and do their deal. And that's that's the whole gig all day. I was wow. like, wow, I'd, I can appreciate it since I had to go through it coming up in the game. Yeah. But never again. Never again. That's that's just such a... Imagine if you were an extra on, on uh, Grateful Dead. What is it? Uh, uh, Walking Dead. Something <laughs> like that. You know, Grateful Dead's probably terrible too. <laughs> but Walking Dead, you got to go through the prosthetics and all that stuff. Yeah. You got to be there the first thing in the morning. They got to put all the zombie stuff on you and you got to... And you're sitting in it all day. And you got to sit through that through lunch. You imagine all oh. the extras, it's a zombie lunch. You know? <laughs> I got to see a picture of that cafeteria <laughs> of all the zombies. Everybody. <laughs> eating. Yeah, face fall off. Just keep going. Just keep going. I was like, no, sir. Nope. <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I respect, I respect the hustle, but not again. I'm glad I, glad I got a chance to, I was lucky enough to move up. Well, so when did up. you have, um, like your, your big break, would you say? Big break was, uh, well, I'm gonna say Power Rangers. Um, cause the audition, I was 17, uh, sleeping on the floor in my buddy's house or apartment. So I had a futon. Every, every actor's got to have a futon yeah, when you're coming futon up. story. Yep. And, uh, and uh, yeah, in uh, 17 years old, I got the call. Uh, the, the script was for the new White Ranger. That was the audition. Mm. And uh, went in there and said you needed, you know, a little bit of some kind of either gymnastics or martial arts experience. At least be, you know, kind of aware uh, of it. Yeah, because yeah, it's pretty, you know, live action and all that. Mm. And, uh, and they were looking for actors that weren't in the union. Like when you join the union, you can't do one of the first rule, like fight club. You can't do non-union work when you're in the union. Mm-hmm. So when you're a non-union actor, you can do everything. That's, that's kind of the way that goes. And so you get in the union, then you aren't supposed to do any non-union work. So I was non-union. I just moved out there. And, uh, and uh, I ended up getting the job. I ended up getting cast as the White Ranger. So that's what a lot of fans get, you know, confused with. Like, oh, no, he wasn't the White Ranger. He wasn't the White. I was like, well, <laughs> it started off like that. And then right before we started filming the show that they were developing for Jason David Frank, who was the Green Ranger, and he was going to get his own show called VR Troopers. And that was his show. At the very last minute, he became the most popular Power Ranger on TV. And they were like, we can't lose him from the franchise. So they made a deal with both of us. And they're like, hey, how about we switch? They're like, would you like to have your own show? And I'm like, hell yeah, as long as I don't have to wear spandex. I'm in. <laughs> and then they made him the White Ranger. So the green guy became the white guy. And I scooted mm-hmm. over and did VR Troopers. And I could have been the white guy. Who knows what a, where that would have went. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it started out as the White Ranger. And then I transitioned over my own show. Wow. Nice. And you were 17 or around? 17. Yeah. Yep. 17, just in L.A., trying to figure it out, you know? Well, it looks like you figured it out. <laughs> it's called trial and error. <laughs> I mean, you, gotta, you just got to think about that. Like, I mean, you were 17 to get cast on Power Rangers. For you, like I said, if you're young out there, if you don't realize, growing up, that was like I said, when I got out of school, <laughs> I was like right in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. like, I was psyched. I had all the toys. Oh, yeah. The bed mm-hmm. sheets. Yeah. I was the, the pink ranger. Uh, yeah, I mean, my first crush was yeah. a pink ranger I think everybody's first crush, first crush in my generation yeah everyone's first crush pink ranger I don't know oh, yeah. and everybody <laughs> asked me too they're like so did you <laughs> oh man! Like no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, no, I had I had me a girl at the time. We were playing house out there, and you know. Um, but yeah, I went to work every day. It was a job. You know, we were in there five a.m. in the morning. You know, in the makeup age, chair, getting it done. Yeah. At what age did you realize that you know you wanted to pursue acting? Since you were like younger, like a, a kid. Yeah, I mean, I got. Um, it's it's weird to say, but it's true. And uh, I'm, I'm going to make me a drink while we tell the story. We got drink music. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so for all the liquor companies out there, trying to sponsor us. We're looking for us. Right looking for us. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, hey, let me give a shout out to Rake of Vodka because I'm going to tell you, if anybody could get work on that for you, it's me. Okay. I hey, do that. Let, right. me, let, me, let me reach out to my people because I take, I take good care of them and they take good care of me. So hey. this uh, hey. whole segment has been brought to you by Rake of Vodka right now. <laughs> I don't know Rake why. Of, when you play the music, my hands automatically go up every time. So, um, but I can I can literally say I'm one of those one of those people, one of those actors that got discovered kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, uh, 
I don't remember where it happened. I don't remember how it happened, but I remember the agent, um, Eddie Winkler. Eddie Winkler, that was his name. Um, came up and he's like, hey, what do you got going on right now? You got a good look. And I'm like, that's creepy. But, but <laughs> Wait, what no, age was this? This was even younger. So we're talking, you know, 16. I okay. mean, it was a quick turnaround. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, you didn't get invited to oh, Neverland, sure. did you? Uh, no. Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, uh, you know, I was in high school at the time. So I didn't really have, I had a high school going on. And, uh, you know, and he was like, well, I'm with Kim Dawson. I'm an agent there. I think you got a good look. And I think you, if you're curious, won't you, you know, come and meet with us a little bit. And he, re- he represented me. And, uh, and uh, got me a couple of little local, you know, non-union commercials around here. We did that terrible photo shoot. And, uh, <laughs> with the and, Yeah. And then there was an open uh, audition for a bunch of uh, directors and casting directors that fly in from L.A. once a year to meet with new talent from Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a room of 20 of us. And, um, and uh, you had to pay to do the audition. And I didn't even know what an audition was. I didn't even know what, you know, sides from a script was. And I just, it kind of clicked for me. It worked. It made sense. And I went in there. And my thing is, I'm not very good at reading, but I can memorize. Mm. If I can see it, I can I can repeat it. Yeah. If I can hear it, I can repeat it. So for me, even though reading was kind of difficult, not dis- I wouldn't say I'm dyslexic. I'm just, it, words go slower when I'm reading. Yeah, you know, them. same with but, me. Yeah. I, I once I got yeah. it, I'm on it. And uh, so I just figured it's easier to memorize it. So it was like eight pages in this scene. And I just went ahead and memorized it because that's that's what I felt like would be the easiest thing for me. Yeah. So I come to that, you know, that big casting and with all those agents and stuff. And they're like, you know, do you want your script? I'm like, no, I got it. You know, and they're mm-hmm. like, what? How long have you been doing this? I'm like, like three months. And um, but I the mem- I, that part became easy. Right. And then I guess I did the right job. I did a good job. And those people invited me and two other people uh, to come to LA and they would represent those people in LA if you decide you want to come out there. And it was me and the other guy was George Eads, who was the star of CSI. So he's from Dallas and mm. we both got picked up in that same seminar and went to Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. So after high school was up, I was like, well, you know, I really don't have anything going on. Packed up everything, went out there and slept on my buddy's you know, floor and, and uh, started going. And really, I mean, it's I, I hate to say it because people have been doing a lot longer without a break, but it mm. took like six months. I was you didn't have any months. training at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was terrible. You should watch the beginning of VR Trigger. <laughs> I was dog shit. Yeah. I was terrible. Yeah, Eventually, did you take any classes? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I had to. I was embarrassed of myself. Um, but no, the first, first, you know, I'd say the first 20 episodes of, of VR Troopers is acting school for me. I had to learn how to hit a mark what lighting was all about and yeah you know that was on the job training and so after that and i really and i started to really get into um the the craft of mm-hmm. acting there you didn't really need much to be on power rangers or vr troopers it was a you know live action kids show so they weren't looking for you know robert de niro kind of performances <laughs> you know but um just kick somebody just kick somebody in the head that's all they wanted you to do <laughs> and uh and uh, yeah, and I went on the road. I did country music for a while. I was gone for like two or three years. I came back, got back into acting, and that's when I really got serious about it. Started going to classes okay. and really dug into the craft. And uh, really, I mean, that's when it hit another gear for me. I was like, real big appreciation yeah. for it. Yeah, I saw that you did like a feature on um, Step by Step, was it? Yeah, I think that was actually right after. That intro, classic. It was, I was a bully. I mean, who would think I could be a bully? I'm, <laughs> I'm five, I'm five, eight. I don't scare anybody, you know? Um, but uh, but yeah, that was my show right after VR Troopers. That was my, that was actually the show that got me in the union. Okay. So when I did that, I was, I was able to join the union. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh. Yeah, talk about that a little bit more. Dive into us about the union, non-union a little bit more. Um, so, for instance, like what shows were considered like union shows versus non-union shows? Most all of them are union. Okay. Like most all of them. Um, if you uh, like say low budget productions that just don't want to pay the union fees to have a union production and be able to use union actors. Like if if we went out right now and wanted to start, a, you know, to do a movie, we mm-hmm. could hire all non-union actors. You know, we're here in Dallas. There's more non-union actors. And since there's not much union work, none of the, none of the actors want to be in the union because that limits their, their options even more. Okay. So I'd say for the most part, everything you see on TV is union. Everything you see, every commercial you see is union. So all, all of those. 
Yeah, so, you know, we got, you know, we run in some of the same circles. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't know me and Brad, we, oh, about three or four years now. We yeah. Been, well, yeah. How'd you guys were, meet? When I was building Sushi Marquee and you were at uh, Cowboys I was, Club. I was at the Cowboys oh, Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was at the Cowboys Club and I met this rowdy group of guys that came in. Yep. <laughs> we were building during the day. So yeah. we were up at the Star, we were building Sushi Marquee. And once we were done with our day, we're like, all right, Cowboys Club, because a couple yeah. of the other uh, partners were members up there. And that was, you guys were brand new, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, and we would just go and we had our little corner of the bar all cut out for us. Literally. That was our spot. Like, yeah. he's not even, <clears throat> literally, there, it was like a little curve. Yeah. They sat that was right us. at the curve. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh, it's that time. Like, yeah. you see more, I'm like, all right. <laughs> you, can well, set a, you set a clock to it. It was and, clock And we'd come in there, and that was our happy hour. So we'd all sit in there, and we got to know Ray, and Ray became a good friend of ours. And, uh, you know, after we opened, um, we had an opportunity for Ray to come and work with us for a little while. So that was great, and just, just stayed close, man. He's just a real dude, you know, and just, yeah. you know, he worked at, how many, you worked at almost every single one of my places, almost. Mm, you just, just, and Austin Ranch. That's it. That was just it. Okay. Okay, that and, and Marquee. No, you I, never, never got, I never got the marquee. You never, you never, you just went straight into Austin Ranch. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, I thought you might have uh, picked up over at uh, Marquee no, 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 a couple no, no. times, but um, but yeah, just real dude, fun, always having fun with the with the guests. And I was like, man, he's one of us. You know, yeah. can't, can't lose For people sure. like that. Yeah, <laughs> can't lose people like that. See, I remember, like, and, and I'm, I'm gonna tell this, like, if you guys want to go out, um, have a good dinner and be really entertained, go to Sushi Marquee. Because Brad and those guys when they're there, they put on a show. <laughs> Especially when they do their sake bomb thing. Yeah. Like it's just they go, uh was it go sake, sake, sake. Hey, bomb, 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 sushi. Marquis. Sushi. Marquis. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, so that's so definitely need to stop by. Yeah, so I, I um that idea, sushi marquee, um, happened really organically. There was a mom and pop place in North Hollywood, um, called Tokyo Delves. And that was a little dive spot. Didn't even have a sign on the front. And it was a place where you go and no reservations. They just bring you in and seatings. I think they do two shows a night. Mm-hmm. And you go in and the, the sushi is just horrible. But <laughs> you go there for the entertainment. You go there for the for the sake bombs. Mm-hmm. So when you go in, you know, they throw they throw food down and stuff like that. But the, there's like MCs and hosts and they dance and they do skits from movies. And every, I mean, every probably 10 minutes you're doing a sake bomb so they put the sake on the chopsticks and the beer and they rattle on the tables and do a big chant and I was like man I wish we could do a place like that and I felt like it was time to do something like that because every place I'd been to you know was Nobu and you got all these different places that have Mm -hmm. great sushi but it's just really no excitement no 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 experience right? right and I was like well what if we can have really good sushi and a place where people can have a good time yeah. kind of cut loose and getting loud in a sushi restaurant isn't really wasn't the norm wasn't really mm. accepted at that time so i was like this is a place where you come and you get a little rowdy and this is where we get loud and we scare the hell out of people like you know you got 20 people at a table and they do a sake bomb and i mean hit on the table and everything and i mean you could you we scared we scared several people you know, not knowing what the hell's going on yeah but um but it worked and i mean we're i we're the number one, uh, we, we did a world record sake bomb. I was going to talk about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was already talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we set the world record uh, sake bomb, at least in the state of Texas, because there's another uh, place that we battled against, and the last time they beat us. So I'm going to say we hold the record, world record in Texas. Because, uh, you know, they put up a good fight. They were uh, another sushi restaurant that did another world record. And um, and uh, it was fun. It was just became a place that was loud and obnoxious and we play um, 80s and 90s videos on oh, all the screens and I stuff. So yeah. 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 So while you're sitting there, it's not just dinner. It's dinner and entertainment yeah. and, you know, Music. throwback. You'll see yeah. Millie Vanilli and you throw back, you know, Footloose video and, and all kinds of stuff and breaking and, you know, Shaka Khan and all this. Yeah. Shit. You can't stop, you know, while you're eating. You're just like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that video in 20 years. So, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's it's. And sushi and entertainment. Yeah. So as far as like the other restaurants that you've had, what was that creative process for you creating how you did with the with the sushi place as far as Sushi Marquee was the most like really had to dig in because I uh, the big part of the concept was the interactive uh, part with, you know, if uh, if um, 
if uh, Sweet Caroline, you know, Neil Diamond comes on to get everybody singing the chorus right. at the same time. That's the white people uh, national that is, anthem man. right hey, there, boy. You can't stop. Black either. people, too. <laughs> I don't care what color you are. You Sweet Caroline can roll. You hit that at the top of your lungs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hit the mute button. I crank up the volume, and I hit the mute button right at the time, and I'm telling you, it's they can't stop. They can't. They can't. In the middle resist. of eating food in their mouth and just food just along. falling out. Oh, just, oh, yeah, like they, the, they might be holding their baby and they dropped a baby. I mean, just <laughs> dude, it's like that and Journey. You want to get? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Why people, Don't you, stop okay. believing. Don't yeah. stop believing. Yeah. In Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get to white people. Can't can't help. <laughs> can't help. It's like that scene in Ted where he's just singing the song and he's just like, he <laughs> 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 can't help but <laughs> yes. Oh, but that was the most creative. I had to really focus on that because we pitched the Jones family on the fact that it's going to be 80s and 90s themed and you know we're going to be doing sake bombs it's going to be a lot of fun and interactive and obnoxious and louder Mm -hmm. than you would expect and that was that was what they expected and you know when you go in there it's obviously a lot different now with 25 percent capacity and all that we can't really get that rowdy with 25 percent of the people but when it's when there's 200 people in there having dinner on a Friday night it gets it gets live and it's 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 a fun time. Yeah, had you guys been doing like the curbside pickup and, and all that so, during the time? Not so much curbside, but definitely. I mean, a huge amount of to go and mm. delivery. Uh, we were already set up with you know the third party companies for delivery before COVID happened, but so we were kind of already um, you know well versed in it. Yeah. We knew how to execute it, and so yeah, I mean, it just kept going, and the demand for sushi stayed. Yeah. The whole time that yeah. this this break has happened, and uh, so to goes and delivery's been flying out. But I was um, trying to imagine what that experience was picking up mm-hmm. how rowdy and like <laughs> was it was that an experience? <laughs> no, we 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 dialed it down because a lot of our delivery guys don't have the same kind of creativity that yeah. we did. we did. We were just like we were just happy to have the business. I'm right. just happy that people people still thought about us, you know, and uh, still had that demand for sushi marquee at the time. I remember the day, uh, I remember you showed me the picture, we have to get this in Sushi Marquee, the big glitter ball, um, what is that display, the big old statue. Oh, the Buddha. The big Buddha. Yeah, the big Buddha. He's like, we have to get this. We have to get it, man. And I remember that, that day. <laughs> yeah, that happened at a, I was at a pool party with some of my other business partners, and one of the business partners' wife was at a store, and she took a picture of it and sent it to me, and she goes, what do you think? And I go, how big is it? She goes, like six feet. I was like, I'm on my way. Because this thing is, it's a Buddha statue, six feet, probably 300 pounds, and it's decorated in all mirror. Yeah. So it's a disco ball Buddha. And uh, yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to have it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how many are out there, but, and I guess there's not too many of them that they made, but yeah, I loaded that thing up. Yeah. I believe he was like, oh my God, we had to go get And it's the centerpiece. Thing. It yeah. literally, it was the first thing that, that we bought that um, became the centerpiece of the entire design. So once you had that, you can't you can't go back from having a disco ball Buddha. You got to yeah. go forward. That's got to that's part of the um, the creative. It set the tone for the creative design for the rest of the stuff that we did. Yeah. yeah, and people take their picture next to it all the time. All the time. Well, and what throws me is like one person, somebody walked by whenever and threw a dollar bill, almost like a wishing well, into the <laughs> arms because it's got the arms folded on the front. And uh, they threw a dollar bill in there. And then the next person walked by and they threw a dollar bill. Almost like a wishing well, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right now, you go to Sushi Marquee, shit you not, no less than $300 <laughs> sitting on the statue that nobody fucks with. <laughs> nobody messes with the Buddha, right? Now, given I got people come out and they're like, hey, Brad, someone stole eight light bulbs out of the women's um, bathroom. <laughs> out who does that? You know, but it, they'll, they'll steal all my light bulbs, but they won't touch the three hundred dollars in cash sitting in the Buddha. They won't mess with that. That's karma. Mm, yeah, they I mean, must I'm, be superstitious. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. say one of those like it means. Like, yeah. mm, I don't know. Yeah. Is there a reason you moved the rake over to your side of the desk? Is there? Are you harboring it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Seems seems sketchy. It's by your foot. It's no, by your foot. No, the only reason why I do that is because whenever <laughs> to protect me from this side of the table. No, no, no. Because because whenever I set it down, it makes this like oh, loud yeah, sound. I That's I why you. I didn't want well, to. Here, put it I'll put it on my side of the table so it doesn't make that sound. <laughs> He'll yeah. take care of it. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've been waiting for you so long. <laughs> my bad. I had to step out of the side real quick for uh, we got our next guest that they were outside. Anyways. 
Uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I had to disappear right. for a second. Yeah, it's why she won't make a sound when I put it on my floor. Can we um, rewind, go. though, and uh, touch base a little bit on your music career? Okay. Oh, yeah, the country. Jump, yeah, we totally just skipped mm-hmm. over that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really peg you as a country guy, huh? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Do I? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. You, a little bit? Okay, is it the voice? You, you, like yeah, you, uh, you like you get the lead singer of Cover Me Bad, like... He wants a sex No, man. I saw his haircut. Nope. No, nope. I saw that haircut. Yeah. God, man, that video would come on the Sushi Marquee, too. I'm like, why? Just why? But, uh, yeah, so um, grew up in, in Texas, in Dallas. I was born in Dallas. And uh, my my uncle was a singer and a musician. My dad's a musician and a singer. My, uncle, my other uncle plays drums. My brother sings. I mean, like... Grew up in a musically, you know, um, a, that environment. Yeah. It was everybody was either in a band or they just sang. And when you get all of us together, we all sang. So um, I just grew up in that that environment around yeah. singers and musicians. And but I was the I was the pup. I was the youngest one out of the group. And so when I went to L.A., it was just one of those things where I had an opportunity, and I met the manager that was representing me for VR Troopers and my acting career. Also used to manage a bunch of uh, musicians and bands back in the day. So he was like, man, um, why don't we do a demo, get it to a couple of my, my friends out in, in uh, Nashville, which, if, like I was saying earlier, if you're going to be an actor, you go to L.A. and all that stuff. If you're going to be a country singer, you go to Nashville, right? Mm. And you play on the corners and you play Bluebird Cafe and you play, you know, all the places out there. But um, so I did like a four-song demo of some cover songs that I like, like Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson, George Strait. Yeah. People that I, I like their songs. And uh, I made a little demo. It was a little karaoke demo. And he sent it to a guy who had just written I Can Love You Like That for All For One. Oh, yes. John Michael Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So when that went number one on both charts, the guy Steve Diamond was the writer-producer of for that. And um, so he was his career was taken off with that single. And my bud, my manager knew that guy. So he agreed to produce my album. We went and did a real album. I got with Curb Universal Records, and they signed me to a deal. And next thing you know, I'm out on the road and doing dates. And I mean, there were I think we were doing probably 150 dates a year. I was living wow. on a, I was wow. on a full blown you know uh, Prevost two tour bus. I had Prince's tour bus for a minute. Oh my god! Yeah, it was purple <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Thing was purple. No one else is cussing. I'm feeling like this is the PG version. Oh, no, no, no. Am I in trouble? I mean, no. Am I going to no, time out? Because no, I felt like this. I felt no, like we, we could be. We still loosen it up. Okay, <laughs> I felt like we were in the nest, and then I'm the only person. Okay, and I just I was wondering if you want to censor me. We later. haven't uh, we haven't recorded during the day in a while. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. I'm just gonna okay. Look it up. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe you need to get on this rake. Maybe that's the problem. Tipping her. She can see on the fast right now. Don't get right. me. That's right. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, where are we at? Where are we at? I'm sorry. Uh, you're on the tour bus, Prince. Tour yeah, bus. yeah, it was purple. And um, <laughs> so, because every tour we would go through a booking company that had tour buses, and you usually didn't get the same one unless it was yours. And I wasn't big time like that. Mm-hmm. So every time I'd come home, we'd take like a month break, write songs, you know, hang out with our families, and and then you get another tour bus, and you usually get the next one that wasn't. You know, it'd be a whole new new one from a different tour. So a lot of these artists were recycling the same buses, and this thing pulled up. And I was, they were like, "Dude, okay, good news is it's Prince's tour bus." I was like, "Really?" They're like, "Bad news is it's purple, dude. Mm. It's purple." So we had to roll up to country radio stations in a purple tour bus. It looked like Barney on tour, (laughs) you know. And uh, so, I mean, I just I was the guy that went out there, and I was like, "Look, I'm not your typical." country singer i'm not gonna wear a cowboy hat i'm not gonna wear the you yeah. know that kind of stuff and the ostrich boots and the, you know all that stuff i was like I, I didn't wear a hat and i had longer hair and wore t-shirts and you know and had harley boots and you know that kind of thing i was just <laughs> kind of a little bit just a little bit different mm-hmm. and uh really live show you know i jump in the crowd have people get on stage and we just kind of put on a rock show for a country crowd and it worked and um all of a sudden i started getting booked and the the, the video started getting real popular it was number one on uh, CMT for a while. And then, so it, we go out and have the number one video and I'm putting on the show. And I mean, I was opening up for Tim McGraw, Dixie Chicks, wow. Faith Hill, Toby, um, uh, Toby Keith, you know, wow. Restless Heart. I mean, all these guys that I, I was a fan of and they were, they were big to me, but now I'm opening up for them. And after we would just put on our show and I was going to going crazy, trying to establish myself and I'd have, um, to like tour managers come and tell me stuff that I can't do anymore. 
Like, cause I was outshining the headliner. Oh, I was, oh, I was wow. throwing it. I was throwing it down. I'm like, yeah, you need to calm this down because you're, you're not leaving much left for, you know, for, wow. for the next person. I mean, and Dixie Chicks, I remember when they shut me down. I was doing, I was signing merchandise and I was signing well into their concert. Like mm-hmm. I was still signing autographs into their concert and they came over and he was like, yeah, just shut it down. Cause you're, our show's already started and you need to be oh, done. What you doing? I'm like. I've arrived. <laughs> I've arrived. So yeah, that was cool. I did it for uh, two and two and a half, almost three years, and wow. then right after that, went back to LA, and I was ready to go round two with uh, with Los Angeles again. Brad, you are a legend. <laughs> no, I'm You've aware. Really done I'm, a lot. Shit, I'm aware of it now. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have done it all. Is there anything that you're like itching to do next? Um, a different venture. Well, I mean, I, I, I. I see myself in the back of my in the back of my mind. I see me getting another opportunity with acting and mm-hmm. being more seasoned actor. You know, I'm mm-hmm. um, a little bit older in my in the characters that I play. Um, so I, I, I could see it's like I watch movies and I go, man, I wonder if my career is done. I wonder if I'm I'm done, and I and that doesn't ring true with me. But I yeah. think I'm gonna come back once I got enough restaurants and bars to where that creates. Um, an income where I can be, you know, be free and do really whatever I want to do. Cause it's yeah. like all my focus, I've got blinders on and I just want to keep opening bars and restaurants. Cause that's what I'm, I'm, um, I'm good at it. We've got a great team. We've got a great feng shui going on right, right now about what's happening. Every time we open a place, it's well received. So I want to milk that for as long as we can and really do that. But I know there's a part of me that it won't be complete unless I get another shot. Just yeah. to go. Shot. Yeah. And I mean, In Hollywood. Yeah. And Boyhood yeah. was I, arguably the biggest thing I've ever done. That was, you know, Oscar nominated. What was it? Six Academy Awards it was nominated for. And wow. Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. And, you know, um, Linkletter was the, uh, was the director. We filmed it over 12 years. And then um, it was it's never been done before. It'll never be done again. I thought that was going to... Uh, spring, you know, springboard me into a whole new level because that was when I was hot again. You know, whatever. <laughs> that, you got to get the heat, mm-hmm. the LA heat, and that was when I I felt like I was gonna okay, this one's really gonna put me on the map, and this one's gonna lead to a series or it's gonna lead to a movie or something legit. It led to nothing, and yeah. it just wow. yeah, it just fell on its face. And I mean, I just I got so frustrated with LA, and I was just like, man, I am done. I'm so done trying to make you people happy. And I hate going to auditions and waiting for the phone to ring so you guys can tell me I'm good enough. I'm like, look, yeah. you guys, you guys yeah. can keep it. You're good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do me. And so, uh-huh. yeah, I, I, there's a part of me I'd I'd love to go back, but I'm definitely not gonna play the uh, the uh, kiss ass LA game. I'm not gonna do that. I, <laughs> yeah. I just, my thing is, I walk into a room, I'm, I'll do an audition, and yeah. I try hard, and I study hard, and I'll give it a thousand percent. But if I'm not the guy, I'm not the guy. Right. Yeah. You know, and if that comes down to politics, then I can't win. I can't yeah. win. But if it come down to like you put me toe to toe with another guy and we both going off the same role without any politics, you know, politics in mm-hmm. place, then I'm 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 staying a good shot. I feel like there's definitely some more opportunity for you though, especially with like streaming services like Netflix having all these series and movies. Yep. I think there's definitely And someone someone told me, I don't know if it's Netflix or Amazon is opening a studio in New Mexico. Someone told me something about that, which will definitely open up mm. a lot more opportunities for right-to-work actors in Texas. Yeah, since it's yeah. right there. Yeah, because they'll in in New Mexico, and there's certain places where you're still a right-to-work, your local hire. Even though I'm in Texas, yeah, yeah. I can work in New Mexico. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully it does, man. There's a there's a a ton of talented actors in in Dallas that you know are just sitting here waiting for the opportunity, and they've there's the talents here. We just need more so, projects. So could you see yourself just playing just the average dad or just like the, uh, you know, because because when I when I say that, it's like when I you see these actors when we were younger, like Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's kind of like reinvented himself to where now he's on, on Good Girls and he's just playing mm-hmm. the regular. And it took actually it took me a while to remember exactly who he was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, he's yeah. scream. He's, he's he was such a big thing. You know, back in the yeah. 90s, he kind of disappeared and, and they kind of reinvent himself yep. a little bit. And now he's like the just and the that, good that girls. That break is awesome. I mean, for John Travolta, the break he took was the biggest break, and then he came back with mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction and yeah. hadn't you know didn't stop. Yeah. So that break, you know, put him. Uh, I guess you know it gave him a good chance to get it all focused again. And mm-hmm. when I come back, I'm going to come back fierce. So yeah. um, for me, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't. I'm, I'm a Texan. I'm a proud Texan, mm-hmm. and 
I, I love for work to be here. I'd love to actually work and get up and go to set mm-hmm. in Dallas, which would be great. That's mm-hmm. the, the the odds on that are pretty few and far between <laughs> to be able to get up and go to the movie set in Dallas. Um, it's pretty tough, but um, there's nothing about living in LA that excites me anymore. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's just the business rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of got jaded at the business and the yeah. people. Man, you can't you can't have a real conversation with people in LA for in for the most part, right? Because everybody's just like, so what do you do? Where do you go? What do you do? Where yeah. do you coach? Where do you act? What have you done? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you friends with? I'm like. You don't want to know yeah. anything about, about me as a person. Here's my resume. If that's yeah. a, if that's the question, so I I feel like if I got a show in L.A., I would have to move to L.A. Yeah, and I would be there simply to work because I've got a very core group of amazing friends there that I yeah. met of in work in in and uh, nurtured a relationship with those people, and most of them aren't even in the in the business. They're just good people out there living in Los Angeles, and they aren't caught up in the whole. Hollywood thing. So let me ask you a question real quick. Have you written before? Like, have you written a script or have you written a story? I know you did, you did it in country music, but do you think you could translate that as far as in, into yeah. Hollywood? Yeah, I don't have the I don't have the discipline, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm really good at knowing what I'm what I'm good at and what I'm not good at, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't try to force a square peg in a round hole. And uh, I, I mean, I have written. I, I wrote a horror film script with a buddy of mine out there um, that never got an opportunity, but to actually. Right you know conceptualize it and going back to what you were saying i'm more of a creative guy of going okay in this scene here's what happens it's these two people Directing this person comes so. in yeah i can visually see what the scene is doing mm-hmm. but for to sit down and go this person says this line and then this yeah. person says this line and this yeah. person says i'm like i don't have that i don't have that patience <laughs> you know i could i could i could stand up if you could transcribe it and i could go this is what's happening and here's i can see it visually if they could transcribe it into you know, dialogue. Right. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I gave it a couple of shots. I gave it mm-hmm. a couple of shots, but I, I definitely like the, I like being on in front of the camera and I could definitely see me being behind the camera, mm-hmm. not more on the writer side, but the director. Directing mm-hmm. side. Cause I mean, when I go to watch movies, I'm like, Oh, that was a nice cut. Okay. I see what they did. Oh, they cross cut <laughs> yeah. that. That was nice. Nice dissolve. I see what he did. You know, it's like you see it and go, that's a smart director. You know, just watching watching how they made the movie. Yeah. And that's hard for me because I end up <laughs> I, I, I can't really watch the movie. I watch how they made the movie. Right. Mm. You know, I'm picking up on right. like a little little you know, little things that ooh, that was that was yeah. that continuity was <laughs> no. wrong on that or you know, that's a, so I kinda pick it I, apart a little bit and then when I go back and watch it a second time I can actually enjoy, enjoy it. it. I, yeah. I, I totally get it. I'm the big yeah. a big sports fan, mm-hmm. basketball and base and uh football. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where I'm watching the players that are not that don't have the ball. You know, the linemen mm-hmm. or how like you know, I'll, I'll watch a lot yeah. of that, how the play is formatted and whatnot. So I can get it. I, I totally I get think, it. I think if someone and I don't have any director experience, but I think if someone gave me a script and said, direct this, I think I could. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about lenses and certain stuff that the DP, the director of photography, does, but mm-hmm. that's kind of why you have a DP. Right. You, hey, here's what I'm looking, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. And the DP knows the angles and the lighting and all that stuff so it can capture the director's vision. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but most directors are like, look, you know, I'm not going to tell you what kind of lens to use, but this is the kind of effect I'm trying to accomplish. And I think I could. I think if you gave me, whether it was a TV script or a movie script, you know, outside of all the CGI stuff that's on another level, I don't even understand. <laughs> like, I see stuff now, and I'm like, I don't even know how they filmed that. Like, because... Wow. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, so you watch that, and you go, you know, or, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. you know what, where you're just watching right. so much CGI, and I'm like, how do you even tell the actor what he's looking at? Right. Because they don't even know at that time. So, um, outside of CGI, I think if it was just a straight script on a TV show or movie, I think I, I think I could make some good calls. I know, I know about the line and not crossing the line and, yeah. you know, um, kind of how to tell the story. What you know, movie a, recently have you watched where you're like, damn, they did a good job at this and just like, so impressed with how everything was directed. Uh, 1917. Okay. Uh, 1917? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. war yeah. movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Have any of you, have any of you seen it? I, I have not seen it. I've seen, no, not that one, but the one before that. Um, the one that was about the uh, war in France. Hmm. Um, yeah, but anyways. When, okay, so if you do, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So if it is, if it is, I think it's right. Um, um, if, we, if you get a chance, if you're scrolling yeah. and you and you see it and you're bored and you go, hell, oh, that's the movie Brad told me about, watch it and don't watch the movie, but try to try to pick where they do the first cut. 
Like try to go. That's oh, where the you, first cut yeah. is. I did hear about that. Oh, that they had, oh yeah, just, like, I it saw that one like, continuous yes. one. Yes. So yes. and I'm going and I'm and I dig in and I'm like, all right, where's the cut? And I see it's coming. That's because <laughs> the actors. It's it's impressive to me as a as a filmmaker, film guy, mm-hmm. to see. I know the actors had to had to rehearse so well, you know, that they can't mess up a line. You mess up a line, cut. We go back to one, right? So those actors oh, yeah. have to they have to have their their dialogue so locked in that the actors are on point. Then all the background actors got to have their moves, you know, so that they're crossing at the right time. The cameraman is backing up yeah. the whole time. So it's facing this way, but you guys are walking towards me. The camera and the whole crew is going backwards. Yeah. And wow. they're filming this, right? So to pull off all of those all of those same elements at the same time is damn near impossible. And they do it for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to where you go. And I know where they did the cuts and I don't want to spoil that for you, but <laughs> just because I'm, I'm watching, I'm waiting for yeah. the opportunity. I think that is a huge talent on the actor side, the crew side, the background, yeah. all that stuff. I think, just think that that's, that's major talent to coordinate that one effort to where you don't know when the cut happens. Nice. One person messes up, we go back to one. Oh. Now, Birdman, um, whenever Boyhood was nominated, Birdman won. That was mm-hmm. the one we competed with. If Birdman wouldn't have been out that year, we'd have probably taken it. Bird, yeah. Boyhood would have yeah. taken it. But Birdman was so fantastic. If you watch that, they've got a lot of long one-take things where they're moving in and out of the auditorium and upstairs and downstairs. And, you know, it's... Uh, I just look at it and go, man, that's, that's talent. Mm-hmm. That's talent. Because you could easily just... We could film you, film me, film me, film me, and and mm-hmm. I don't even have to be in the room mm-hmm. when we're filming your stuff, and you don't have to be in the room when we're filming my stuff. It's like you you can cut around all that, but when it's one take go, that's yeah, yeah. you got to be you got to be on you got to have your A game. Is, is there a specific actor that you look up to, you know, that you just admire like their work? Um, you know, and I watched a movie last night. Um, that <laughs> it wasn't his best movie, but Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Um, I just, he's been in everything from the Green Mile, um, God, um, uh, Iron Man, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, was it, um, um, God, I mean, he's been a a thousand, a thousand movies and every single movie that he is in, he plays something different, Mm. you know, I mean, he's just, and he locks into that role and he doesn't stop. Um, uh, so I mean, it's just watching him do his thing is, is, I'm sorry about that. And watching him do his thing is, uh. Pretty pretty impressive. Uh, Tom Hardy mm. is probably the next one. Now he shouldn't done he shouldn't have done uh, the 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 superhero movie. Was it? Um, oh, Venom. Of uh, Venom. He should never do. <laughs> he should yeah. never do that. He's never going to be a superhero. But yeah. and but, he did Bane. Bane was yeah, he was yeah. Bane. Yeah, but half no, his but, face is covered. That's yeah. that's that's good acting. No, but you know? Brothers was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brothers. That was good. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I can watch that movie over and over yes. again. Oh. And, Revenant, I love yeah. Revenant. And he was massive. So was in swole. Revenant, he had, you know, this whole, you know, aristocrat, like uh, he was on a, you know, suit yeah, yeah. and he had the accent and he looked like anybody that could be, you know, that could be in that class of person. Mm-hmm. And he plays brother and brother and yoked, just yes. jacked, you know, yes. and got that whole draw and just, you know, from the street vibe to him. And I'm like, I see him play all kinds yeah. of range, which I think is is super impressive to see an actor with that kind of range. Right. You know, when you get one note, I think you get cast like that, and then you get, that's, you know, you're good at playing that one note. Yeah. You're good yeah. at being that one person. Even Joe Pesci. I mean, Joe Pesci's one of the scariest <laughs> little men I've ever seen in my life. He's just frightening, you know? Oh, wow. But you see like, how? 40, yeah. But in, you? Yeah. But in 48 hours, uh, what was it? Um, uh, was it 40 hours? 48 hours, yeah. Oh, um, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, that's lethal right. Weapon, yeah. Um. But he's just the comedy, you know. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. You know. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's a, he was uh, he was the com- comedic relief. So I think having range is what gets my attention more than anything else. Is seeing someone that goes, "Wow, man, you you can dig, you can dig deep and get dark." Yeah. Most people don't know Jim Carrey can get like that. He's oh, he's yeah. a dark oh, yeah, actor, yeah, yeah. Oh. you know. But he comes, he's got a dark, a dark thing in his, you know, in his in his in his life. He's he he can go to a dark place easily. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do something here real quick. Uh, it's a little segment we like to do. It's called... It's called Slow Down. We just want to get to know you. We're just going to ask you some random questions off the top oh, of the Oh, no. Dome. So the first part of the uh, 
The podcast was the easy part, huh? <laughs> that was the easy part. This is where we're going to get, you know, real creative with it. We're going we to take it over the and, you know, we're going to do that. Then we probably right. kind of wrap it up after that, all right? So here we go. Some random questions off the top of the dome, all right? So you're originally supposed to cast to be on Power Rangers, all right? Yep. So in the 90s, you know, you had, you had, you had some options, all right? I'm going to ask you. Topanga from Boy Meets World, Kelly Kapowski for Saved by the Bell, boom, or Kimberly the Pink Power Rangers. Okay, it has to be Kelly. It has to be Kelly. So, um, so there was this funny story that I won. I want to say that really she um, she was one of those things like whenever you used to come home from school and watch what you watched, I was coming home watching Saved by the Bell, right? <laughs> so in my mind, I was Zach. So I was like, if I, if I, if, if Kelly knew that Brad exists and I was an actor, maybe there'd be an opportunity, you know, for me and her, you know, there might be a chemistry there. Right. Yeah. But right now all she knows is Zach. Right. So that was my secret crush fantasy, yeah. you know, and, uh, then I'm in LA and, uh, I get cast in Fastlane with Bill Bellamy. Right. Ooh. And so remember that series, remember the series that came out. Okay. So, um, so I'm in the series, I'm a bad guy. I'm a mob boss's kid. And, um, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the, um, chair in the makeup chair and sure as shit, she walks in the makeup trailer. No shit. Cause she was the lead on the show too. <laughs> and oh, it's from man. me to you. Now it got real quick. <laughs> like, had a the world got small real quick. And I'm there, and I'm just, and I, oh boy, I, I got hot. I, I just, I just, I was trying to be cool, man. I was so trying to be cool. And I was just like, okay, 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 okay. And I'm, you know, she's doing my makeup and everything. She she comes in, it's her day off, right? Mm-hmm. So she got the juicy sweatpants. Oh, hanging, You know, hanging Ooh. down on her hips and a little, little little tank top all you know everything's all I think she right. and I think she just upgraded too like she was she I think I'm pretty sure she upgraded and a little ponytail and I got a thing for ponytails and she just comes bouncing up in there so damn cute and sits down in the makeup you know chair next to me and starts talking to her makeup lady and she's actually on the phone talking to somebody and I'm just I'm staring a whole back at me in the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror, looking at me like, what are you going to do, fool? What are you going to do? It's your what moment. You, do? you, you asked for it. It's like asked for it. Yeah. You got one shot. You got one shot. Yeah. One yeah. opportunity. And man, I'm going to tell you, fuck Butterfingers. I didn't say shit. I, didn't I, froze. I froze up, man. I froze up. She just, she was on the phone and she's like, oh yeah, and I'm working with a cute guy today too and looked over and kind of gave me a little thing and I'm like, froze? She no, did not. Uh, uh, she oh, gave me a window. Oh my gave God. Gave me a window. Hey, I told you guys I was going to be honest today. I was going to be honest, man. I think I had an, I think I had a window and man, I couldn't handle it. Where couldn't handle you, it. Where would you be now couldn't had you took that Shit, chance. we'd be... M- pregnant and have three kids oh <laughs> my god the dog with the I white mean, picket fence oh I'd be locked I'd lock that down <laughs> no yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, yeah so so it's funny fast forward like maybe a, a year because I just did that show for one episode and then I had my alarm uh, you know set up to where it turns on the radio you know when your mm-hmm. alarm goes off oh, yeah. it turns on the radio so um, it turns on and the guy's doing uh, the news, you know, he's like, oh, you know, uh, over the weekend, you know, uh, uh, she gets married, you know, and I'm like, oh. well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> the first thing you heard when you he woke it. up. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She got married. I'm like, OK, fine. Fine. OK. Wow. OK. I got the lesson. I got the lesson. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, she got married. Wow. Are you uh, are you on, on any TV shows at this moment? No, man. No, just uh, I do a lot of voiceovers. Um, yeah, 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 we yeah, touched them. Yeah, Funimation is a, a um, they do a lot of anime mm-hmm. here in town. It's uh, um, just local. It's it's about fifteen minutes out of, outside of town. Grapevine was where the studio is. And uh, when I came back to uh, to Dallas, I got sucked in, and they were like, "Hey, they're looking for new voices. If you want to come by the studio and everything." Oh, yeah. So I started off doing just Walla, which is you know basically you in a booth about half that size mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys and one microphone that's not fun oh my god yeah and um and uh so hygiene becomes an issue in there you know <laughs> um so uh and then i moved i moved on and kept going and then they gave me some little guest part roles and then i ended up booking a couple of lead roles that went the whole series as you know this one character okay. mm-hmm. and so i've been doing that for over 15 years so i've been in that oh, same wow. company and they've blown up and now they're doing streaming so we do a lot more 
And uh, so, yeah, man, just uh, staying busy in the, vo- in the in the voice acting world. So this so, is kind of my, you know, the raspy yeah. voice. If they're looking yeah. for somebody outside this range, <laughs> yeah. it ain't me. You okay. know, I'm, they, your, I'm your raspy. Are they raspy looking for kid. any other voices uh, by any chance? <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, they're always looking for something. They're always looking for something. <laughs> well, we got to talk after this. Because <laughs> I'm looking for yeah. some Mexico ones. Yeah, they're looking for people that can do, uh, sound like an eight-year-old girl. Can you knock that one out? <laughs> I sound like an eight-year-old girl. I can try. <laughs> Hey, now Asian. Go ahead, let me let me hear. It. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Asian. Okay, let me try Asian. Asian eight year old. Oh an, my eight, Jesus. An, an Asian eight year old? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same voice. Oh my god! I just gave me some time to practice. I don't know. Yeah, I think I could change my voice up a little bit. I think you could. I think you could do it. I, I think I could. I, I got a range. I feel like there I got a range. Go. I can yeah, see. I can move my way. I've lost my. I've lost my low. My low register. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. What is like this character though that you play? The voiceover for? Um. Well, it's here's the deal. So at the studios, they have about fifteen to twenty different shows going on simultaneously. So you can bounce. You, who said Mike Tyson? I said I went to a Mike Tyson. You're yeah. Mike Tyson yeah. voice. <laughs> Give me an Asian girl. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Wait, have you guys heard Jamie Foxx's Mike Tyson voice? Oh, yes. Mm. No, it's perfect. Perfect. I'm excited I, about that movie. After, after seeing Mike Tyson's new uh, YouTube training videos, I don't oh, make Mike Tyson yeah. jokes anymore. Oh, no, yes. He's, he's throwing hands. Oh, he yeah. looks faster than ever, yeah. man. He's throwing oh, hands. Oh, my God. Going back to what, oh, but yeah. um, so at, at Funima- um, I'm sorry, Funimation. You, there are a multiple shows going on simultaneously, so you can bounce from one booth to the other and mm. do and do different voices. Oh. Um, and the ones that I'm the lead on, um, like uh, Goblin Slayer, is one that's on right now, and that one's a pretty pretty popular, almost a rated R uh, anime, okay. which most of them are pretty PG. So this one pushes the envelope a lot, uh, a lot of controversy behind it. And uh, so we just finished season one on that and looking to go back. They did a feature film for it in Japan that released this March. So hopefully if it's in Japan, they'll ship it over here and we'll do the uh, the American dub for oh, it over okay. here and maybe season two. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's that's the biggest one that's that's come up so far. But some other, you know, shows like One Piece and Dragonaut and, you know, Gunslinger Girl and Full Metal Alchemist and stuff like that that... You know, I didn't know uh, much about anime yeah. when I got into it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this company does all these shows. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's not on camera stuff, but it's really easy to walk in and yeah. dress comfortable and stand in front of a microphone. I've always loved watching thing. those videos of like actors playing, vo- doing oh, yeah. voiceovers and like just all yeah. the like, you know, excitement, you enthusiasm. Yeah. Or like uh, when um, Wolverine, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was was uh, the, well, the one the last one he did where he was running through the woods and he was like, Hurrah! yeah, Hurrah! and yeah, that just... was all me. I did all those. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I like the Steve Carell when he does um, what's his name, and Despicable Me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it, it's the the talent of so. In, and what's funny is watching like an animated film because I, I like to watch animated films mm-hmm. and trying to pick out who the actor is that's doing those voices. Yeah. You know, it's it's impressive. It's really impressive to see how many people can do so many different voices. Now, I can't do a bunch of different voices. I just, I kind of stay in my register. Show us your voice. You know, What's I, the voice it, of you? That's, that's, that, this is it. I'm, oh, okay. I'm the raspy, I'm the raspy <laughs> voice guy. That's it. You know, so if you need something like that, I'm your go-to guy. They're like, high register? I'm like, nope. They're like, low register? I'm like, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm this guy. <laughs> Staying in your niche. Yeah, niche. yeah, yeah, that's it. Keep it simple. Again, know what you can do and know what you can't. Yeah. You know? Focus on that. I can't, do it. I can't do an eight-year-old age. I, 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 <laughs> know what I you can't. can't. I can't do it. Did you see his TikTok videos? <clears throat> you, want, you want to die laughing? All right. He, his dance skills. Oh, right. man. My TikTok. He's got some moves. TikTok's TikTok. blowing up. Been famous over here. You see me? You been, you been keeping up? I haven't been getting on lately. No, whatever. Whatever, I don't want to hear Slacking. it. She's like, I don't eat, I don't TikTok. Well, all right, man. It was such a pleasure, man. Yeah, having you, man. Like, it's right. We gotta do this again. Yeah, yeah it's going by so this. fast. Yeah, it went by hella fast. So we definitely gotta be a part two and. Hopefully next time you come through, we talk about your new spot you got. Yeah, yeah. Give me a chance to do a couple more things. We'll come back and recap. Recap. So again, thank you. Like I mean, like I said, you could have been doing anything else, but you decided to come. (laughs) But you're here with us. You're here with us. So we appreciate that. We're gonna shout out P. I don't know if y'all heard that. You know the flashing. You know that's P working like always. 
Uh, y'all always know y'all can find him at Life with two E's through Lens on Instagram for all the images. Uh, and of course, we we post all those pictures on our, our Facebook and our Instagram pages. Uh, Brad, uh, tell them where they can find you at and all your companies and all your projects at. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, I'm, I kind of bounce around. So if you're looking for me specifically, it's, it's kind of like, you know, shooting a moving target. But I mean, we've got Chop Shop uh, Sports Garage in Carrollton. We've got Shakerton's in the Colony. Got Sushi Marquee at the Star in Frisco. Uh, Shakerton's in Allen. Um, and we just finished a new project, Deuces Bar. Uh, it's opening uh, on 35 and, and Northwest Highway. So that's that. And more to come, and man, we're just gonna I mean, keep on grinding, mm-hmm. keep grinding. If you get, uh, we're looking for Goblin Slayer season two, hopefully the feature film on the uh, voiceover side, and I might get lucky and get an acting role in here between. And there's yeah. a producer director out there, you know, hit me up at mrbradhawkins.com. <laughs> Ready to work. I'm What's on your, time. Uh, <laughs> I'm on time, and I'm I can get it done. You know, <laughs> shout out all your uh, social medias, yeah, and stuff where people can contact y'all or like. Hell, if you might looking for work. That's it. Yeah, no, it's, it's all my social media handles are at Mr. M-R-B-R-A-D-H-A-W-K-I-N-S at MrBradHawkins.com. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, if y'all out there looking for either, you know, it's a nice, fun place to go, you know, have drinks at or watch a game or yeah. you know, if you like sushi, you want to get entertained, definitely, you know, visit. Oh, are you, you know, not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Watch some eighties, nineties videos. Watch some eighties, nineties. You know, get up there. You know, oh, yeah. catch a vibe. Yeah. Get your Carl, Carlton on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the the Bob dance? Whatever they had back in the day. You know all that. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, we appreciate you for coming on. I guess uh, shout out to all the fans again. Thank y'all so much. Continue to blow up that like button. Blow it through the roof. Like yes. just please simultaneously. <laughs> like subscribe. Like subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a comment. Yeah. Thank you. You can also, I don't know if y'all know, y'all can leave us a voice message. Uh, you can go in there, record us a message, and we can listen to it. Hell, we may even play it on the show one day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You may get lucky one day. So, again, thank you, Brad. Thanks yes, to- sir. Thanks, Amanda. Ray Rock. We are, we've done it again. This is Ray Ray's podcast. In the books. Mm-hmm. In the books. <laughs> and we are out. Podcast straight from Gem Studios.